welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. Happy, happy Wednesday, guys. I am stoked to have the co-founders of Soma Optical on the podcast today. And I love it because it's the first people who I would say are incredibly fashion forward, who are artsy, who are creative, and who have quite the journey to becoming entrepreneurs on the podcast, uh, who are also local uh, new Bostonians. And I love their perspective on the South End and Boston because they are new and I relate because I'm not from here either. Um, As always, I have to tell you how I know these people because I'm still, you know, I'm going to keep telling you guys I'm new until I've been doing this for a year, but I'm over seven months in and, um, you know, when I started this, I didn't have like a list of 200 people to interview. When this is all said and done in the first year, I will have interviewed, you know, well over 50 people. But, um, you know, I started with like a list of 20 that I knew I would probably do and, you know, 10 or 15 that were reaches and a lot of these connections of people you guys are hearing from are quite honestly people that other friends of mine have suggested. And what's cool about today's guests, Alyssa and Christos, is that they are very good friends of my cousins. And if you guys are, you know me well, you know my cousins uh, on my mom's side are very interesting people, very smart Harvard graduate type of people. Um, And my cousin Elizabeth, my only girl cousin on my mom's side, um, she met uh, the international man of mystery, we like to call him, Carlos, uh, when she was studying abroad in Australia. And she ended up marrying him. And he is half Dutch, half Brazilian. So they spent some time living in the Netherlands. And then they ultimately both moved to Boston to um, for her to get her PhD at Harvard and for him to get a job, hopefully, you know, that would lead to uh, the UN to solve international conflict. So now that you know who my cousins are, you can imagine that any people that they bring into my life are entirely interesting like them and at her going away party because they just moved back to the Netherlands um, she introduced me to Alyssa and Christos so I met them at a dive bar in Cambridge and thought they were super cool Um, I spoke to Alyssa most of the night because she's um, it was a model actually um, living and working in New York and going to Barry's boot camp so we talked a lot about that and I actually didn't get a chance to talk to Christos um, that night but he is super interesting and in their relationship I would say he's the Garrett and Alyssa is the Jeff like I- I'm definitely the talker compared to Jeff and that's how Christos is and What's so inspiring about Christos is that he has tried and, you know, called a fail. I wouldn't call it a failure. I think his words were failure, but he's tried and failed at many different business ventures um, leading up to Soma. Um, So a little bit about Soma. Soma is an optical store here in Boston. It's a luxury type of store. And what I didn't realize um, is that you can actually buy any any type of glasses that are, you know, they have to sell all types of international brands and turn them into eyeglasses or sunglasses or wear them, you know, as just fashion glasses. So you guys should, if you're in Boston or you're visiting Boston, you definitely want to check out their store in New York because it transports you, or sorry, (laughs) sorry, check out their store in the South End. Because when you get there, you are automatically transported to like Soho in New York. It is such an experience. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that, for instance, one of their glasses displays is literally glasses sitting inside a tub of sprinkles. Like so freaking cool, very artsy, beautiful, the kind of place you want to come and hang out and learn about the different brands and glasses and things like that. So definitely if you're in the South, end or you want to go to the south end it's on union park i think it's union park street or union park um and it's adorable so and you can't miss it it's got a nice sign so anyway check out soma and uh, i hope you guys learn from this episode just about not only the art of never giving up but the ability to work with your significant other and um, their story about how this came to be. I think it's super interesting. And then, of course, I also have to tell you um, that just for anyone out there who's listening who maybe wants to start a podcast or a business and you're scared because you don't have all your ducks in a row or maybe you don't think you'll be good at it, um, I walked from Barry's Boot Camp after teaching to the South End 
to do this podcast with my gym bag, with my podcast gear, which is very rogue, uh, in my bag. And I forgot the mic stand. So this interview was recorded with a microphone balancing inside a pencil holder. <laughs> Doesn't get much more scrappier than that. But the quality is actually quite good because we did it in, perf- in person. The content is amazing. And I hope you guys are inspired by this. So without further ado, I introduce Alyssa and Christos of Soma Optical. All right, what's up, guys? I am sitting here at Soma Optical with Alyssa and Christos Carabellas. Did I say it right? That's right. Yes, alrighty. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. How I heard you had a pretty good day today. Yeah, it was awesome. We had a lot. Of- yeah, no, we had a great day today. It's been kind of slow because it's the middle of the summer, um, and it's a new business, so that always kind of freaks me out. But the weather was fantastic today, and a lot of people were out and about, and we had a good day. I agree. The weather was awesome, which is so nice for Boston. And I definitely want to talk about how you guys are new to town, which we're going to get to. But in true Dare to Move podcast fashion, we're going to start with a quote. And today the quote is that fashion is how you tell people who you are without using any words. How does that strike you? I mean, I I think I agree, um, but I don't think I'd limit that to fashion. I think that applies really great to art and I think art and fashion are pretty interchangeable in general but I think art is kind of how you let people know who you are without telling it anything and I think fashion can be a form of art I like that a lot do you agree yeah and I also feel that yes you're projecting what's on your inside from what you're telling the world with your choice in clothes or your accessories. And it can be for other people, but it can also be just for yourself, just because it makes you feel good to wear that, you know, little black dress or, you know, a big pair of sunglasses. I love that. And we're definitely going to talk about glasses today, and I'm so excited to learn more. Um, before we go there, question I always ask people is, you're sitting on a plane and someone looks at you and says, what do you do? And I ask people this because sometimes it's hard or maybe your job title doesn't really say how you identify in the world. So for you guys, whoever wants to go first, if someone said, what do you do? How would you answer? Well, it's like a weird question because I I haven't ridden on a plane since I've been doing this. Really? So I mean, like, well, I mean, I've been an optician, but not a business owner. Mm. Um, And... I don't know. I, I normally downplay the small talk on airplanes because, like, I, I dropped out of school and, you know, I've been trying to figure out where I belong for a long time. So, like, it's usually a sarcastic answer. I like that. I've, 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 heard, I've heard that before. Yeah? It can be kind of fun. <laughs> oh, gosh. I say model, actress, business owner, but, I mean, there's a lot of slashes in there. I have my real estate license. I went to school for, like, finance and accounting. So, I mean, my LinkedIn would be all over the place, but it would probably be something of a entertainment slash entrepreneur slash slash. She's much more impressive than I am <laughs> on paper. I think it's hard, though, in today's world to put it on paper, and I'm one of those people, too, with slashes, and that's why I like to meet people like you guys who have diverse backgrounds, who are on a mission to do something you care about, regardless of what it is. And I'm sure everything from acting or projecting yourself or having a modeling background helps in what you're doing now, which we're absolutely going to get to. Um, but to start, you guys are kind of sort of newlyweds and new to Boston. So what came first? Your relationship, this business idea? Um, where did it all start for you? Well, when I met him on Instagram, he was in school to become an optician. Wait, hold on. You met on Instagram. Yep. First of all, I love that because I have a very close friend who met his wife on Instagram. Um, Who messaged you? I messaged her, obviously. (laughs) That is awesome. Like, if she messaged me, that would be absurd, wouldn't it? (laughs) I I don't know. But, no, I I, I don't typically, like creep into girls dms especially now that i'm married um (laughs) but like no she was she's the only person they reached out to and i'm actually surprised that i did and i was surprised that she responded and then we you know spent many months making small talk and then where were you you said you were i was in new york at the time and he was in philadelphia okay cool sorry i interrupted i just i had to like just pause that that's kind of cool it was good and i came down and visited him and like the rest is history um, and we 
moved to uh, Beacon, New York together. Um, yeah, and that was a weird story, too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she had met me. I was, I'm going to, like, get through this, like, the quickest way possible, unless you have, like, a lot of early life questions or how I got here <laughs> questions. I have a few for you, but, we'll, and we'll get there. Okay, I'll give, like, the abridged version. All Basically, right. I had dropped out of school and college. I was a psych major, and then I moved to Philly and started a clothing company, and I ran that clothing company for 10 years. Um the t-shirt business isn't really the most lucrative of businesses and I really tried very hard at something that didn't quite work out for a long time. And then I started making eyeglasses. That's a whole other thing. Um, and I spent four years making eyeglasses and I got to this really frustrated point where like, I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. I don't know where it wound up and I like kind of lost my shit. And, um, I remember I was like at my parents place and I was like, begging my dad to give me a job which you know is just a weird thing to do what does he do oh he's a phd in pharmacokinetics he couldn't help me <laughs> <laughs> you know like they don't just let anybody yeah. in to be a doctor um but he was like i can't i can't help you like yeah. i can't give you a job and i was like well, just tell me what the fuck to do like i i'm am i allowed to curse on yeah. this yeah, okay yeah. But I was just like, you know, tell, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just done coming up with my own ideas. And he was yeah. like, well, you like glasses? I was like, yeah. He's like, go to school for it. So I was like, okay. Um, I clearly, nothing else is working out. And school the last time was horrific for me. So I, you know, I swallowed my pride and I went back to school and um, spent two years, got my associates, became a, like, I got my associates in like ophthalmic dispensing and then got like my ABO and CLE, which are like the national certifications, and then got like my state thing. At this point, I had started dating Melissa when I was about a year into school, year and a half into school. Um, and she had come down to visit me. And it was at the point where I was like almost done with school. And there was uh, this big vision expo, um, which is where they show all of the glasses from around the world. That's like one of the main things to go and see them. And that's in New York. And I had like, I was supposed to go, I had a fellowship under some company and nobody in that store could make it. But I had like a ticket there waiting for me. And I remember I had this whole conversation with Alyssa that morning. Like, I don't really want to go. It's like, I hate expos. I don't want to be around a ton of people. It's, it's awful. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like this is the Vision Expo. I am finishing school now. Like if there was a place that I was going to get a job, it would probably mm. be there. So I decided to drag myself over. And that was like a big decision too because like I really didn't want to go. And um, we had we, already bought mega bus tickets from Philly to New York. And like I live in New York. But we were in Philly the morning of the Vision Expo. Right. And I, I don't know. I was comfortable. I didn't want to leave my house. Um, but so many people listening are probably like have that thing hanging over their head too. So like I think it's important to like tell that part of well, it. Well, I mean, it's just because it's, you know, there are like these pivotal moments in your life where like if you did one thing differently, it would be completely different. Yeah. And like we wouldn't be here if I didn't go there, which is wow. weird. Um, and I wouldn't be here if I didn't reach out to Alyssa on Instagram either. Cause like she's been a huge part of this whole thing. But basically what happened was, is, you know, we go to the expo, she doesn't have a ticket. I had to steal a ticket out of the trash can. Um, <laughs> by the way, if you're ever trying to get into an expo, if you go to the trash cans outside the expo, people throw their passes away. So that's a really good that way is of getting a really in for great free. Tip. That might be one of the best tips we've ever shared. Top tip. Yeah. yeah Thank that. you. I'm going to put it on the year end. I got, I got a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff like that. Um, but anyway, so we go in and we're wandering around the expo and she like randomly bumps into some guy and, you know, she's a model. Um, and this guy happened to have photographed her before. And this was uh, this small guy. World. Ryan. So yeah, very small world and very weird to bump into him at the Vision Expo. <laughs> Yes. I didn't even know that he was involved in optical. He was like doing my headshots and you know, he was like had done fashion photography in New York and weddings and so to see him in this optical setting was like super bizarre. But it was like the weirdest short conversation ever because she bumps into him, Alyssa, Alyssa Bourne, what are you doing here? And she's like, 
oh, he was like, what are you doing here? Are you modeling? Like, and she was like, no, I'm here with my boyfriend. You know, he's an optician. And he was like, oh, well, I have a store I'm managing in Beacon, New York, and we need an optician. Come meet my boss. And wow. like drag me to his boss right there. Um, quick meeting. And then I got a call a couple days later. Hey, come up. Let's meet. So we drove up to Beacon, saw what the town was like. We really liked it. We really liked them. And like, it felt like a good date. And then like, I started working there while I was finishing school. So like every, I was taking like eight classes at the end there because I like just dilly dallied a little bit. And now all of a sudden I was like in love and wanted to start my life. So like, it was like, let's just get it all done right now. So I took on all these extra classes. I was taking like eight classes. And then every weekend we were driving up to Beacon like Friday after class and then staying at like the shittiest motel (laughs) Um, and working there and then coming back. So it was just like seven days a week. And then we moved to Beacon and we worked like under them for two years. Wow. So during that time, did you together say, hey, like, we should do this on our own. Well, I mean, did it have to that idea come to you guys pretty early? For me, the end game was this: I wanted mm-hmm. a store, um, and I kind of knew that I wanted the store to be like this, like more of like a comfortable, like home vibe as opposed to a shop, because mm. like stores can make me uncomfortable. Uh, a like, lot of people, I think. Yeah, I just, they're they're weird. Um, but like I, you know, I just had this like kind of an idea, and basically what had happened was I was working. At Lux, Lux Optique's the name of the store in Beacon. And um, I was opening on Sundays by myself because everybody had something else to be doing on Sunday morning. So, like, I would be in the store, like, completely unprepared, like, didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, like, I'd just be there on Sundays. And so I started bringing Alyssa with me on Sundays because it was, like, less awkward if there was more than one person. Especially, like, being a guy, like, and, like, a straight guy, like, I feel like people are a little apprehensive to... Like, just walk into a store where it's just me and them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you bring in a pretty blonde girl, like, it's mm-hmm. a little bit more inviting. So I, I used Alyssa as a prop initially. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Lori, the owner, like, liked Alyssa. And, like, pretty soon she's not Alexa. Alyssa. <laughs> all the time. Um, but, yeah, no, she, she liked Alyssa and, like... Started training Alyssa up to do all the front of house stuff, which was all the stuff that I didn't know how to do. And then, like, we had this day where, you know, it was always like I I wanted to open up my store, but I wasn't like the first time I jumped into it. And I was like, oh, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to start a clothing company. And that was a great learning opportunity. But one of the things I learned is like, don't do that. Mm. (laughs) So like this time it was like, I'm going to learn everything, work under somebody and then the day that I'm like, you know, instead of learning from them being like, oh, I wish they'd do it this way, it would be easier. Like, that's when you get it. Like, yeah. and that's when you should open up. And we had this, like, phenomenal day right before the Vision Expo where, like, just me and her did, like, the most sales that they'd ever seen. Wow. And they'd been open for, like, over a year. And that was like, okay, we're ready. So at that point, we started, like, kind of casually looking. And then when when you're, like casually looking for someplace else to be and you have a boss like that really can drive you crazy and yeah it just like you know I it was also super uncomfortable because I loved these people and they had like really taken a chance on me I told them from the beginning that my aspiration was to open my own store and they had me for two years Mm -hmm. so like I was very transparent about that but yeah, that was, that's how we wound up doing this together. And, you know, it was always going to be our own store. And it, we just had that one moment of like, hey, we can do this and we don't need help anymore. I, I, there's so much about that that I love because one, I, I didn't know your story. And there's, I follow a lot of entrepreneurs and self-help people and they're like, jump off the bridge, like build your plane on the way down, go for it, go for it. And I do believe you have to have that. And it sounds like you did. It sounds like you had a very um, like self-driven life. When you're managing modeling, you're managing all these different projects, you guys sound like very self-motivated people, but I think it's so cool that you were forward with them. Hey, this is what we want to do so that there was an expectation set. And I think 
where a lot of people go wrong, and I'm probably one of them too, is you stay with your mentor for too long or you stay in a place that's comfortable. So I think it's awesome that you were just like, hey, we can do this. And um, did you feel as like ready? Was it, were you guys at the same time as ready to jump in with two feet? Or did one of you feel like more of the, the leader in that way? I think we both felt pretty much uh, on board in the same place about it. Um, and also there just seemed to be this urgency that we were feeling that if we were going to do it, it had to be now, especially geographically, we saw kind of a hole in the New England market for what we wanted to do. And so we just didn't want somebody else to move in there and try to accomplish what we were going to accomplish. So there was a, a sense of urgency, I think, from both of us, not just to, you know, um, get another job you know since mm-hmm. transitioning just but we wanted to establish this as soon as possible especially like before summer and when people are still well the timing seemed right i mean there were there were a couple of things i don't want to like off play it as like yeah we always believed fully in ourselves and it was like the easiest thing in the world like no nah, it was scary um, oh yeah I every it. part of it it's still scary You're, yeah um, you guys are still new here. we're brand new i mean we've we've done amazing for how new we are mm-hmm. um and like that's great because i like b- biggest risk ever and you know it, there were times like i was setting up here and i was like like lost my shit one day and was like going on and on about how i wish that i never did this and i could just be working <laughs> for somebody and they would just yeah. pay me oh my god i feel like that a lot too it's it's horrifying yeah, it's just not, it's not easy, and it's it's scary, and, like, also, like, I, I don't know, I'm not sure how prepared I was for all of this, but, you know, it got to a point where it was like, okay, I, I know enough, mm-hmm. I saw what they were doing, I took what I liked, I dumped what I didn't like, I had mm-hmm. a business plan that, like, worked great on paper, and... But, like, I had a hunch, and, like, a bunch of people were like, don't do this in Boston. Like, they don't mm. want funky glasses in Boston. They're very conservative, and rent's so expensive. And rent is expensive, but I mean, that's every... I mean, that's New York. That's mo- most cities. Right. Well, not Philadelphia, where I'm <laughs> true, from. True, You know, there are, there are, like... There are different markets, and Boston's an intimidating one. And also, you know, there's another player in Boston that's been around forever and has five stores, and... You know, in this industry, you can really muscle somebody out if you're bigger. Mm. So I have a theory that that person kind of made the market as lean as it was for us to come in. Mm. Because, like, you know, it's intimidating. Like, you try opening up accounts and they're like, oh, yeah, we can't open to you. Like, and then you're just, like, getting no's. And then all of a sudden, all of, like, the obvious stuff, like, is off the table. Mm. so like a lot of our collection comes from like that but it was just like adversity kind of from every angle and horrifying (laughs) but I I love I love that you're just admitting that because I think anybody doing something that's worthwhile is going to feel that and once you jump off the cliff like you're falling you're in it it, you're going through it you can't really stop it but um, you know we're sitting Mm. here in this beautiful place I mean it's gorgeous and it does feel like an extension of you guys home, if you will. And so when you decided, okay, we're going to do Boston, number one, did you have second thoughts once you started looking at real estate? And number two, what were your goals for real estate? Because I obviously I do real estate and a lot of my listeners are actually real estate people and they love knowing what concepts and new concepts and concepts that are growing out of New York or growing across the country are looking for. I mean, this I feel like I'm in New York right now, which is super cool. Transported to another place. It's just a cool vibe. So what what was it? Like what was on your list and how did you approach it? Well, I mean for me, the weirdest part was, okay, I spent time in Boston, but, like, I'm not from here. Um, so now you're trying to figure out a city that you don't know. And mm. a market that doesn't really exist in a city you don't know is a weird place to start. <laughs> and then, like, also, you don't you don't want to spend too much money either. So, like, True. you know, I Trips would be online. and brokers and... Yeah. The, whole, the whole thing. So, like, we'd found a place um, on Charles Street, which is, we thought was really nice. There's not, like, optical right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this whole, like, Beacon Hill, like, neighborhood. We knew we wanted to be a neighborhood. We knew we didn't want to be on, like, Newberry Street and cater to tourists. We wanted, like, because, like, eyewear is, like, very much, like, 
a family business mm-hmm. kind of and you know you want to build a clientele of people that will come back every couple years for their mm-hmm. glasses and that works better in a neighborhood um so we found this place um the place was beautiful on the inside it didn't have a great window and it was the price was right it was like amazing it was half of the price that we pay here and the guy was he was an older gentleman and he didn't think that you could make money off glasses um Mm. you know he wanted a store apparently according to the broker and like you know we were a good fit according to the broker but when it came down to the end of the day after i'd started buying stuff um Mm. was i don't think you can make money off of glasses so i don't want to rent you um so we went away on our like honeymoon which was like a fake honeymoon kind of well a real honeymoon we got married and we wanted to go someplace but also it turned into a lot of work like we were meeting with different frame companies that we wanted to carry and like Mm. it it was like kind of a business trip i think we could probably write it off (laughs) um but anyway we done we were down there and i was like freaking out kind of because we didn't have a place and we'd already started ordering stuff and oh my gosh. yeah, like you're, you like literally I've, I'd spent like $6,500 on that display. And like the funny part is, is that display now that I think of it never would have fit in the other place. So oh. it was really funny, but, um, we'd open accounts with like some of the brands too. Right, and so we have like, we were meeting with them in our beacon apartment and we thought we had a location tentatively. So our, our actual like store address hadn't been locked down even after starting this like purchasing cycle. Because like, you know, it's weird. Timing's weird with this because like if you're going to carry like 30 brands, you got to start reaching out to them as soon as possible. And leases are weird because they're expensive and you're paying for every month that you're not running a business out of it. And Mm. you got to do the build out on it. So like, I mean, I negotiated a free month to do a build out in exchange. I like, you know, renovated their bathroom and did a couple of things. But, you know, it takes months to get inventory. Like, they need to make the glasses after you order the glasses. Mm. So you need to kind of start ordering inventory before you have the place. But, like, ordering things for your cases is what that actually took the guy five months to make. So, like, the timing was perfect. But there was this moment where we had started buying things, but we didn't have a place to put them. And we were on our honeymoon, and it was the last day, and this place popped up on Craigslist. And it was, like obvious like way better than everything that had been on the market because like you're looking at the market um retail's pretty steady in boston so there's not a lot of turnarounds there is a lot of turnaround on newberry they recently hiked prices up so everybody's moving out and then a bunch of people are moving to the waterfront so those Mm. prices are all going up too but as far as like neighborhoods like the south end Places don't come up that often. They usually sit around for a while, which is a great thing that I was looking for. Yeah. And this place just had the look. And it like, really does. I didn't think we'd get the look. Like, I thought that we'd get something small. We'd be there for a couple years, and then maybe we'd be able yeah. to get the look. And, like, the price was good for what it was. I mean, two times higher than what we were going to pay. Yeah. But, I mean, it looked right. It felt right. And yeah. so we did it and we, we just stumbled in. I didn't know that the South End was like having this huge resurgence and that like this was named one of the best blocks in America. And it, Yeah, literally. I have a friend who lived like right around here in this gorgeous apartment. It was like highly sought after. and Yeah, we yeah. just like stumbled in and like it's really weird. Like I'm casually Greek and there's like a Greek church there and like a Greek restaurant around the oh corner. My gosh. So, but wow. yeah, no, it's just like that, that helped with my dad when I brought him through too. He was like, <laughs> was like what <laughs> do you think? Sense. He was like, yeah, the church is right there. Uh, uh, but, it's so funny how it all works out. And like you guys, it, you have so much space that, and that's maybe what makes it, I feel like more funny. It's not like when you walk into a tiny jewelry store, you feel like you're going to break something and you, there's like only two or three people can fit like a group of f- People having a weekend could walk in here and all spread out and look. And some people can sit. You have beautiful furniture. Like, you guys could host events here. Like, there's so much that you could do in this space, which I absolutely love. Um, But I'd love to know more about the vision that you had, knowing that, okay, I want to do this type of business. I can only get so many um, brands to come in. What were your parameters? I don't know a lot about this space, so... 
what what were your like do's don'ts um especially so the listeners can kind of get a, a vibe for so like what the question is is like what made us choose the lines that we chose yeah and like what did you want to convey to someone coming in that would make you stand out and then i guess i also want to know how you got the name so i mean so that's like a few different questions. So mm-hmm. like, Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Loaded questions. I, I'm, so the first one is what do we want to convey to people that walk through the door and what, like, what yeah. inspired us for that? Absolutely. So I guess the answer to that would be that, you know, I've always liked shopping. My mom always dragged me along shopping with her when I was a kid and I've always kind of been interested. And, um, you know, I shopping's always kind of been... I don't know, a little tired, especially like there, there hasn't been much change. And then all of a sudden when I like started visiting New York, I noticed that like, you know, retail was changing Mm. and it made sense because, you know, the internet's a thing, but the internet didn't replace the store, you know, it just replaced maybe some convenience stores, you know, and I think the end of the day, people still want to shop like not to get too sidetracked, but like Warby Parker, for instance, they started online Mm -hmm. and if online was the end all be all, they never would have opened up a door. So all birds. Right. Exactly. All of these online businesses, they understand that there is a retail like presence that's somewhat necessary still, but like you can't get away with the bare minimum anymore Mm -hmm. and see optical. Um, I love the industry, but it's gotten able, it's been able to kind of stay behind the times and the reason is, is because there's this medical component to it. Mm. So like there's this understanding, okay, I'm going to go to the eye doctor. And then after I get my exam, I'm going to go in the room and they'll show me what glasses I can buy. And then I'll buy the glasses. And that's kind of always been what this is. And like, you mm. know, for me, it's exciting because, you know, these aren't just like rectangles. Each one of these is like a different person who does a different form of art. And, um, which is getting to the second question. Um, and for me, they're special and it just felt like they should feel special and we should separate from this medical component and go more into the fashion thing because, you know, it's a major accessory. You wear it in the middle of your face. Yeah. It helps you see, but like, it's the first thing anybody comments on. Absolutely. And you can't find good glasses in many places because there's this big uh, company that owns most everybody else. Mm. So going into the second question, how we chose like our collection is it's anything that's been obvious. Like there are certain things that you just feel and they feel good. And like, like I alluded to, like I used to make glasses. So I've spent a lot of time like feeling glasses and, you know, each one, it's like looking at art. You know, everybody has their own thing. So, like, I have this guy, and he has 14 people in his factory, and they make glasses out of leather. And it's all laminated over metal, and it's in a beautiful factory in Paris. And, like, there's this big story, but, like, it's also this tactile thing, and their proportions are great, and the way that they balance are great. And if you look at a million things that look the same, and then you see this one thing that's different, it's obvious. So everything that we have here is all of the stuff that was obviously different. And like, we don't have one thing twice. Like we don't carry like, you know, Oliver Peoples and Garrett Light and Mm -hmm. like, you know, all we carry Garrett Light. I like Garrett Light a lot. He's independent. That's the other rule as well as like, we don't carry anybody that's owned by that big company. Mm. So everybody, and I like it because like I could be selling anything. And I like that I know the people who I sell for and I like them. Like Jean-Philippe July is one of her brands and he's a really great guy. I actually happened to own his first pair of glasses that sold in America because <coughs> the guy that I used to buy my glasses from in Philly, Gene over at EyeSight, he was Jean-Philippe July's first account in America and I was the first person that bought them. Wow. And so now I see Jean-Philippe July at all of these trade shows every year because I'm part of the industry. <coughs> and we used to joke like, okay, I'm going to get you when I'm in your store. And now I have a store and he's here and he sells great. That is really cool. But then you go into like a sunglass hut, which is owned by the big company that owns everybody. And, um, you, we went there on our day off and we were like feeling glasses and like the same price point is the stuff that we carry, mm-hmm. but it was like garbage. It was like mm-hmm. really obviously not good. So like, 
Such a bummer. <coughs> no, best thing ever for me. Oh, I mean, yeah, but I mean for the people who just don't know. Right, right, right. But like, I mean, you have to understand we're selling something expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And I carry this thing around where like I almost don't want to tell people what the price is because like I love it. And then it's like, yeah. And then eventually you always ask the price and I'm like, oh, great. Here's like, you know, here's how much they mm-hmm. are. And so you start kind of beating yourself up about that. And then you go to a store and you see that price on something that's like not nearly as good. Yeah. And you start feeling a lot better about mm-hmm. it because you're like, oh, well, you know, you could buy a pair of Gucci sunglasses or you could buy like, you know, this thing that's made by this guy in France that lives in his factory and makes everything by hand. Mm. So that was kind of the takeaway. And what was the third question? Oh, the name. Yeah. With the name, and I'm sorry, I'm just like doing all the talking. No, I like it. I'm just listening. <laughs> um, so the name is weird. I tell people it's a Smashing Pumpkin song because it's like easier uh, <laughs> to say. Um, and like it is a Smashing Pumpkin mm. song, so I'm not lying. <laughs> but it was, I, I have this really great friend, Harry, um, and he and I had, I'd befriended him in Philly, and he was like a heroin addict. And when I met him, he, like, he, he'd won a Grammy when he was, like, 16 years old. Um, he did some album with Ludacris as, like, a teenager. He has a fascinating story. He's amazing. Um, and when I met him, he... The first time I met him, I didn't like him at all. Like, he was... I was hanging out with my friend uh, Dice. He was a member of The Roots. And we were at, like, something in New York. And Harry knew Dice because he'd done, like, some production stuff. And they had this, like, terrible conversation that I hated. And then, like, the next day I bumped into Harry in the park. And I was like, oh, I literally met you yesterday in New York and now we're in Philly. And, like, he was clean when I met him in Philly. He wasn't clean when we were in New York. I didn't realize that. Um, And we just had this great day where, like, you know, occasionally you'll meet somebody and it's just, like, you and I are, like, connected yeah and i'm i'm a weirdo i don't feel that way about most people Mm -hmm. so like for me it's like ultra rare when i have like this connection with somebody and then so like i started hanging with harry and harry had a new album and i had a pr company at that point in time for a second and i was going to do pr for him and his whole like press release was about how he was clean now and he had struggled with heroin and like, you know, we would start hanging out and I'd go to the beach with him and like he'd be nodding out or like we'd go, I'd take him to like New Hope and he'd like disappear to the bathroom 15 times and then be nodding out. Mm-hmm. Or I brought him back from the beach and he was just like, like basically uh, detoxing in the, my back seat. And like, so I, I had to sit him down and I was like, dude, like I have to tell you I'm not putting out this press release. Like last thing I want to do, first of all, I'm not going to put out a big fucking lie. And mm-hmm. second of all, like I don't want to kill you like if i give you any success at all the first thing you're going to do is like basically go and kill yourself Mm. um and he understood but we still kept hanging out and like nobody messed with him at that point like his mom wouldn't even like talk to him like because he stole from everybody i guess Mm. he stole from me too but like books and like records like nothing i even noticed was like missing um and like you know i guess he'd run his path with everybody and at this point like i was um the only person that would still hang out with him. So he was in, in the meantime, like my company wasn't working out and I was kind of going through a depression and we both kind of hit our like bottoms together. And, you know, he went, he has a personal story that kind of brought him out of the heroin thing. That's not really like my story to tell. Um, but the gist of it was, is that we were like in this position where we like needed to change our lives and we had hung out on in my apartment and he was like he detoxed basically on my couch and we had started working on this album on my computer and the name of the album was somina and it was like a play on sleep like somnia but like i was really big into like inventing words for things (laughs) um so we turned it into somina and we did this whole album and it was like really great and like a really honest thing and I'd like to put it out. I mean, in, since then, it's been overproduced and stuff and never really went anywhere. But, like, we still have it and I have a plan for that. But, so, when it came time for me to name the store, I was, like, you know, sitting around. And it, like, took me two seconds, honestly. I think you were next to me. And it was like, well, we need a name for this. And I was going to do Somina. But then it was like, I had this conversation with this guy, Nosego, who's a graffiti artist from Philly. And it's funny because he used to just go by Nose. And I asked him once. I used to interview people. And I asked him why he came up with nose, and he was like, four letters, easy to remember. 
So, so true. So I took somina, which was more than four letters and kind of hard to remember, and switched it to soma, which is a word which has connotations. It's a Greek word for body. You know, it's a painkiller weightlifters abuse. It was a, a drug in 1984. But regardless, it's always kind of been associated with like euphoria. And Ooh. also, more importantly, it wasn't involved with optical at all. I didn't want to be like in, you know, anything playing with eyes or yeah. frames or glasses. And that's it's like, overdone. Yeah. it's everything. So I just wanted something that wasn't, you know, overdone and something that like was elegant. So Soma was yes. kind of what came, but it drew from, you know, that point in my life with Harry on my couch. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really also important for the listeners to know that people hit bad places before you figure out what things mean to you and what you what has meaning in your life and where you can take it because you're bringing like something from your past into your future and I love that um that's a really cool story um I'd love to know um how you see this um playing into your background with fashion and modeling and like how that transition's been for you it's been interesting because I have a great appreciation for all of these designers as artists, but I think it's totally new in that glasses, there are empirical reasons why something fits you that's different than, um, I think, clothes. Okay. Um, so learning some of those specifications has been interesting for me, just doing the frame styling. Um, yeah. What do you guys think you're like big, um, you know, I don't want to say, I hate when people say two year, five year, 10 year goal, like what would be really meaningful for you guys um, here in Boston? I, I think going back to something you said, um, you know, you could have Gucci or you could have something that's like super unique and special and maybe also a high price point. You really hit the nail on the head for the way that I feel about the South End after living here five years because you've got people who are really intelligent, who make really good money, who want really nice things, but they want it to be like under the radar, personal yeah. to them. They don't want to like, no, I don't exactly. yeah, yeah, so it's, you're really, I believe, in the perfect spot. So I'd love to know like what your vision is or like what keeps you up at night in, like, in an exciting way. I'm sure there's lots of things as a business owner that keep you up, you know, nervously, but... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so a few, uh, you know, a few things. First of all, is like, yeah, that was surprising about this area, too. Is like nobody wants gaudy, flashy here. Like, people here have money, and I haven't seen so much as like a Porsche on the street. You know what I mean? Like, you're more likely to see a Mini or a Volvo. Mm -hmm. And I dig that. Um, and, you know, that kind of goes in line with what we're selling because, like, you know, we have a couple like flashier things, but like, that's not our staple. We actually mm -hmm. stay away from like the gaudy stuff. Um, just because I'm not into it that much. So yeah. I guess that's something we have in common. And as far as future plans, like, I mean, honestly, it's an exciting industry. There are about a million different directions we can go in and still be on brand. Um, and I'm excited to explore a few different ones. But, like, at the same time, like, going back to none of this was easy. It all took a really long time. I'm finally in a place that, like, I like. So, like, for me right now, it's like, let's slow down for a minute and just, like, enjoy this. Because mm. it feels good and it is good. And, like, it's very easy to be like, okay, now what? Next oh, it. yeah. And, like, I have a bunch of next things that I want to do. I love that. <laughs> but, like, every time I, like, get around to it, I'm like, yeah, but it's been a few months and you should really just enjoy this. So, that's my thing. And, like, it was easy when it started working, but it took well over a decade to get this like to figure out how to get something that works yeah i love that you tried though like some people don't ever actually start the t-shirt company or the pr company well, but like to tell you the truth like now i won't say it but if you'd asked me like a year ago i'd say it was all a big fucking mistake and i should have gone to school and finished because <laughs> like you get to this place where like everybody you ever went to school like i dropped out of school which means i went to school i went mm -hmm. to a good school and like everybody I went to school with like has careers and if you rewind a couple years I didn't have a career like you know if you rewind two and a half three years ago I was delivering food 
Like, so it's this really weird thing where, like, while I was delivering food, I was looking at Facebook and seeing everybody that took the safe jobs. Mm. And at that point, that looked pretty, like, good to me. Like, oh, so I thought I was better than everybody else and I had to do this thing. Whereas if I just shut up and ate my vegetables, like, I would be comfortable right now. Mm. But then, like, you know, hindsight, now that we're coming out of it and we're doing really well, it's like, well, now... Now I'm okay with it. Like yeah. now all of those people, cause I'm, you know, I'm friends with them and they like lament their lives. They make tons oh. of money and they hate what they do and they hate who they work for. And like, mm. I'm over here making, you know, an equivalent amount of money, but like, I really don't put up with anybody else's shit and it's fantastic. <laughs> what yeah. do you, what do you think the most important quality to have to be an entrepreneur and get something off the ground and go through with it and go through those scary times. What do you think the most important quality to have is? Tenacity, I would imagine. Mm. That word's come up a couple times. Um, well, yeah, because like you can, you can be the smartest person in the world and fail. And you can be the dumbest person in the world and fail. And like it's easier for the smart person to succeed sometimes than some st- stupid people just succeed immediately, too. <laughs> like There's an element of luck and there's an element of time and place. But like... I think that if you're going to do this, like you kind of like, it's a commitment. Like you got to jump off the bridge and then you're in it on your own and you have to just keep doing it. And like, honestly, like for me, this is the path to success. It's not like, oh yeah, you know, study, go to school, learn underneath somebody else. And then once you think you have it open your own, like now that I know that that's what I'd say it is. Mm -hmm. But like, honestly, what it is, is it's think you know better than everybody drop out of school, do a shitty job and then like feel really terrible about yourself for a while. Keep trying things that don't work, hit rock bottom and (laughs) then go back to school and then at that point humble yourself and learn underneath somebody else because like i'm drawing from all of the education of the shit that didn't work mm, as much as i am the stuff that did work 100% yeah but when you when you finally got the the mentor under something where you really wanted to be you probably took it so much more seriously than if you were the person who wound up going to college getting finishing whatever you thought you're supposed to do and then getting a mentor for the sake of it Right, and there's not like there's not a mentor, you know. It's not like I had a mentor for eyeglasses, Mm -hmm. you know, and she taught me a lot about this business, you know, what to do, what not to do. Um, But like that's a part of it. Like you know, having a clothing company that involved me becoming a photographer. I mean, me being a photographer has helped. Me becoming a graphic designer has Mm. helped. Manufacturing, learning under this guy, John Haggerty, who's an amazing woodworker, to learn how things are manufactured, that really helped. Going to Camden's um, program under Dan Banks and like learning about, you know, optics, that really helped. It's it's a lot of independent fields that you're putting together. Curiosity probably is like, oh, what's that? Can this help? Like, right, exactly. Like, I mean, to be the best, you kind of need to know every aspect of something. And especially if you're going to, like, bootstrap it with your wife and not <laughs> pay everybody everything. Because, yeah. like, we, we did this on the cheap because we did most of the build-out on our own. We did all of our own graphic design. We did all of our own everything. And, like, that's not to be taken lightly because Mm-mm. you need to. And even the, peop- even the people that we worked with were all con- contacts that I had from the last businesses that mm, I did. So cool. it was a lot of drawing from the old well or using skills that I had to learn out of necessity over here and applied them here. So this came together very easily, but it wouldn't have come together easily without this 10 mm. years over here. Wow. And also like, to piggyback the tenacity thing, I think also to be a good entrepreneur, you kind of have to listen to your inner voice as sort of like cliche as it is because I feel like everybody wants to tell you Mm. their path or like the you know the path that's most traveled you know when I decided to not go into auditing and I moved to New York to pursue modeling um you have a lot of people who are advising you against your choices and I think you just got to do what you want to do I think people People were trying to give us advice mm. and you know, you, you take, take everything with a grain of salt. Some people you respect their opinion more than others have more weight, but I think to see it through the way you wanted to, I think you have to listen to what, yeah, listen to yourself and don't let other people influence you too much. 
However, that being said, do not take out a bank loan until you know exactly what you want to do. <laughs> like, really. Nice. Like, not like, oh, I feel like, no, to have some data points, have some yeah. research and like do it for a while because yeah. that's the scariest part. I can only imagine. And I, um, I, I forget where I read this or saw this, but it's like, don't take advice from someone who's not out there doing it too. Right. Because if the they, they can, yeah, yeah, I love that quote. Um, but how do you guys balance each other out? Like, what do you think is working well? Because um, I've said this a couple of times. My listeners have heard me say this. Um, I've had a lot of really good examples in my life of co-owners of businesses and partners. And um, I don't have a business partner with my little online business. I've always kind of been like a lone wolf in that. But a lot of great examples of successful businesses I've seen in my life have been two people that balance. And so I'd love to know what works for you guys and what you've learned doesn't maybe doesn't work as far as like being a team and also going home together and like when do you turn off work and... I mean, I don't think work turns off, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, it's a fun thing to talk about all of the time, and it's fun to know that the things that we're talking about are real, tangible things that are happening. Mm. You know, it's one thing to bullshit, and then there's another thing to like be I like... I wish we could do this. Right, right, but we're doing everything that we said we were going to do. So as far as us, like, bullshitting, having the conversation, it may as well be real. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. The other thing is, is, like, we have completely complementary skill sets. Like, for whatever reason, we're very different people. I mean... I'm going to be talking more because I'm the talker um, and she's the thoughtful one. Like I'm the emotional one. She went to school for finance and does, I mean, we're so well organized financially and I don't know how to do any of that shit. <laughs> I don't really know how to pay taxes or what a taxes is. Like I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep it like, I know that like, I get that I can keep only this percentage of the money I make because at some point somebody's going to want to take the rest, but she can figure out what those numbers are um and i'm good at improvising and talking and selling and doing the optical side of things so it's this rare thing where like we aren't clashing because we're in very different lanes Mm. like i'm not telling her how to do her job and she's not telling me how to do my job but we're learning from each other as well a little bit but you know i it's just when you find the right person there isn't a struggle for you know anything and it's like you know one person can't do all of it i mean there, there's never been one person that's done mm-hmm. it all like you know there's B- B- bill gates or yeah. and like you know all of them or the teams wozniak and, and you know i'm, I'm a was <laughs> yeah she's she's the wise and i'm the uh jobs jobs that's his name <laughs> that's great not probably the only person on the show to not have Steve Jobs' name on lock immediately. Anyway, what were you saying? Um, no, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, he does all the things that I'm definitely not as comfortable with, and I love being in the administrative part. Like, there's just something really satisfying and about that having all of, like, just your inventory's right. All of, like, your spreadsheets are, like, immaculate. <laughs> so we have immaculate spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. I ask her questions, and she has all of the answers, yeah. which is amazing. That's and I, hilarious. Like, I can't remember people's names. I'm so bad at names. I'm terrible at names. Can't remember names. Barely remember faces. Um, <laughs> and she remembers everybody. So, like, you know, we do this thing where if somebody's coming back, like, she'll, like, introduce or like what, what's your little i'll just say priestess this is so and so you were working together the other day we liked this xyz thing. yeah and, oh yeah 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 of course of course i can't remember anybody or anything it's like really bad but i've gotten really good at like covering that you know like I'm, I'm starting to think it's like actually like you know everybody's like oh i'm really bad at names like i think it's a neurological problem you know, like <laughs> i have and it's like i've really had to figure out how to compensate for it but like i'm grateful that you're here because i would look like an asshole all day every day um but yeah no we just we fit like my dad said like you know it's not you know synergy isn't when one plus one equals two it's when one plus one equals three and like that's Mm. like our whole thing like it really we don't we don't argue and that's wow yeah, I don't think we ever have, really. I, I think you're the first people to say the whole part about staying in your lane, which makes so much sense. My um, fiance and I have a similar relationship, and we don't fight really either, but it makes sense because you're not trying to micromanage or 
I mean, we don't work together like you guys, but you know, you're not trying to step it on anyone's toes because you're like, I don't want to do that. You're like, I don't want to do that. So it sounds right. very um, perfect for what you're doing. Um, do you have any advice? And you've given a ton of advice, but any parting advice before we get to the exciting things coming up for you guys with the store um, to anyone who wants to get into retail specifically, um, whether it's jewelry or it's um, glasses or it's clothes. I think yeah. you guys just have such a unique thing going and it's it's one thing to be good at retail. That's so challenging, but to to be able to have a thriving business that's so uniquely so, yours is awesome if you're gonna have a store do something different don't do the same thing everybody's done a million times a niche is a really good thing you mm. know explore it the world's big globalization's happened you have a, you know you have access to everything um and you know i really i think shopping should be more experience based and i think that you know being knowledgeable in everything that you do is great and don't do the thing that most americans tend to do or most shop owners I think in general which is you know when you're buying something don't ask what sells what's your best seller like mm. don't don't look for best sellers look for the stuff that you haven't really seen before or that speaks to you personally because mm. like you know we have for instance we have a collection here like <clears throat> and that collection it's a huge collection. They have a bunch of stuff. And if I were to listen to the rep and just buy the stuff that had sold, it would be a very stuffy looking shelf mm. and we wouldn't have sold so much. But instead we went for all of their more contemporary stuff that we were kind of cautioned about buying. And mm. I'll be damned if that's not like our biggest selling brand. So, wow. you know, don't listen to other people if you really know what you're doing. I love that. Okay, and I think, think of how you want to craft the experience for the consumer because so much of what we have implemented is stems from our experiences as consumers mm -hmm. so you know when we we've been in stores and you leave feeling like garbage because you feel like they think that you know you should be so privileged to be in our store mm -hmm. and i think we wanted to convey just a really approachable store that's why we have a llama with glasses on our wall <laughs> you know it's just we didn't so think about how you want the consumer to experience your space uh your uh employees and just what that looks like yeah make people comfortable and like i think that i i don't know there's i don't i haven't read much about it but like i somebody should write a book on new retail and how mm. retail's changing because it's changing yeah. a lot and i think that you know it's a responsibility to keep things interesting and like you know, do something that's a little different, that's an experience and that's comfortable for people and yeah. stay away from, you know, all the fluorescent lights and all of that terrible stuff. Oh, yeah. Malls. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what can the listeners, especially the Boston listeners, know that's coming up for you guys? Any, um, you mentioned maybe a right. event. So we never officially opened. We're still technically soft open. And we have um, employees joining us in September. Um, so thank you very much. And they're people that I've known for years and years and have kind of been with me through this path. Um, but now that we're bringing people on, I, I'm going to call it officially open. So we're going to do an opening party second Saturday in September, which is the 14th. The 14th. Um, so yeah, we, I... I literally am beginning to piece this together right now. I'll have a better idea next month and we're going to send out stuff, but I'm sure there's going to be catering hopefully by Kava next door and we'll have some live music and a bartender here and like, cool. you know, I'll invite a bunch of people. So if anybody wants to come and check out the store, that would be the day to do it. Awesome. Or if you want to buy glasses, that would be a really bad time to do it. You <laughs> should come any other day. Any other day. <laughs> awesome. So I'll put that um, little um, blurb about that uh, opening in the show notes. And then I like to tell people where they can, or have you guys tell people where they can find you verbally. I'll also put that in the show notes. But anywhere you want to be found, whether it's Facebook or it's on Instagram, personally yeah. or business. We have like a Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm bad at all of this stuff. Um, I will be better at it when I have somebody else covering the front. So it's all pretty sparse right now. But like we're on Instagram. Instagram's where I'm putting most of my energy. Add Soma Optical. 
is the Instagram handle and facebook.com slash somaoptical. Soma-optical.com for our website. Yeah. Those are those are the places we are right now. Amazing. Well, thanks for having me and sharing your story and doing oh, thank this. Thank you so much. Excited for people to come find you and come hang because this is a place where you just want to come. I when I walked in, I wanted to touch everything, and I know that's really bad, but that's like the the energy. I was like, wow, there's so many cool things in here. Well, so I mean, it was supposed to be comfortable, like a home, and like you know, it's not a pretentious thing. You know, it's it's like a come, pick things up, try things on, have a good time. Like, let's hang out and play dress up and like, yeah, it's a show and tell and dress up. That's, yes. that's all it is. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am so proud of these people. I think it's amazing to live your dreams and to just go for what makes the most sense to you and what you're passionate about. So I hope you guys learned something from this episode. I hope you go check them out, Soma Optical in the South End. And um, coming up, we've got two actors, uh, the recorded podcast. We've got a gut health and a fat loss coach coming on, vitamin PhD. And we've also got the co-founders of Revved Cycling coming up. Now, I cannot tell you what order these are coming in, but I can promise you those interviews are coming because they have been recorded for quite some time. So look forward to those. And if you guys want anything answered about podcasting or the portfolio lifestyle or fat loss, any of the above, uh, let me know. I'm happy to record the next solo cast on that. So hope you guys are having an awesome week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, dare to move.